0: Hey folks, welcome to the Catholic Coaching Podcast. My name is Matt.
1: And I'm Aaron. And
0: we are the Ingolds. We are the founders of Metanoia Catholic, and we are here to talk coaching in the Catholic world.
1: Yes, where we teach people how to become students of their interior life, and we also train and coach other Catholic coaches. So
0: we're excited to have you with us. Let's get started.
1: Hi, friends.
0: Hello. Welcome back.
1: We are so excited to have you here with us today. We're going to be talking about something really fun. Lately, I've been coaching um, a lot of people who are single and Catholic and want to be married and there's just a lot going on inside their heads. So we've been coaching them on things and what I want to break down for all of you Today, you don't have to be single to listen to this podcast. This actually kind of applies to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed actually a lot of common myths that Catholic singles believe. But I'm gonna—I just picked three here today, and we're gonna discuss these.
0: We're gonna pop these myths. Yes, we're gonna, we're gonna be curious about these myths. Uh, chances are, especially if you're single right now, you might believe one of these. Mm-hmm. If we've got them. Uh, and so, um, yeah, just be curious with them. I'm kind of curious. I'm coming to this cold, right? We do our, we do our, uh, we do our podcasts during nap time, and so, uh, it's nap time right now, and Aaron's just like, I got this, Matt, let's just roll, so.
1: Let's do this. Aaron. I'm
0: turning over, turn the keys over to you. You're driving today, babe. Go.
1: All right. So. Three common myths that Catholic singles believe. This first one, I think a lot of people believe this, and I blame Hollywood for this.
0: And are these myths, like, they're causing harm? Like, these yes, things are and like, I'll get into that, like too. Like, keeping you single kind of harm?
1: Um, they could be, yes. They're certainly not useful <laughs> to be believing them. Um, they could be keeping you stuck or stagnant or really powerless to f- feel... A really strong emotion of powerlessness, um, which actually doesn't ever serve us. If we were to insert that feeling or emotion into our models, which if you haven't learned, listened to that podcast.
0: Episode 12.
1: Yes. Go back and listen to it because I'll be kind of discussing models even in this talk today. Um, but... If you insert that into the model, it probably does not lead to very good behaviors. That emotion of powerlessness. There's probably a lot of hiding and withdrawing and just, you know, feeling distant and cold to others. So this is, we're going to dive right into this. Do it, babe. The first one, like I said, I blame Hollywood for this. Um, it's called... The soulmate
0: myth. Where's my soulmate? Oh, he's my soulmate.
1: Yeah. This also can be like interchangeably used with like the one. And I say that with quotes, like I was made for one person, right? Well, I just recently realized that the word soulmate is actually of pagan origin.
0: Sorry, guys. Wah, wah. Just because soul is in there doesn't mean that it's heavenly.
1: Yeah. So listen to this. It's founded in theosophy. I don't know what it is. It's, it's kind me. of a New agey type of esoteric religious movement. Um, they believe that God created androgynous souls.
0: So that's neither male nor female. Well,
1: they're androgynous in that they're both. So they have like half male, half female, right?
0: Ooh.
1: Right. (laughs) And they think that at some point the soul splits into separate genders and they go through life or series of reincarnated lives to find one another so that they can fuse back together. And when you find your soulmate, that is what's happening. You've lived probably Ah. hundreds of reincarnated lives. So that's why men have
0: nipples, Got yeah. <laughs> it. That answers the question, folks. We got
1: it now. Yay! So, yeah, so we don't believe that as Catholics. Actually, Matt, I'm going to have you take the lead a little bit here for Theology of the Body, because that is, like, not Theology of the Body. How is that not Theology of the Body?
0: Well, folks, yeah, so so, um, a lot of the time there's this confusion that we are, um, that matter doesn't really matter, that the body itself has been something that's kind of cast aside, and it's really about... Uh, Christianity is about focusing on the spiritual life. Well, uh, the reality is that we are, um, the body makes visible the invisible reality of, of the interior life, of the invisible spiritual life. And so a male body is making visible the invisible reality of a male spirit. Okay? So men are not. Our, our spirits are not something that's androgynous. Our spirits are, are, are also male and female, but they're so intimately intertwined with spirit and body that we can't, it's difficult to even talk about the two. You know, one of the reasons we talk about the two is because at death, there's a separation of body and spirit. So there's mm-hmm. what Christopher West would always call this cosmic obscenity, right? The separation of body and soul was never meant to happen. But here, we're not angels, right? We're not animals. We are incarnate spirits. We have, uh, we have bodies, and the male has a male spirit, and the female also ha- female body also has a female spirit.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Matt, why do you think, I'm just going to ask you because you're, you know, I think I'm, I'm just interested in what you would have to say. Mm, okay. So why do you think this idea of having a soulmate could be not useful or even destructive?
0: Well, f- first of all, I mean, th- the idea that there's this one person that's out there um, and we have to find this person. It there's really not a whole lot of responsibility on us, therefore, to mm-hmm. um, to to grow in any sort of virtue. Mm-hmm. Like entering into a relationship is no longer about helping one another to grow in, in virtue and become the best versions of themselves. It's now like I am incomplete, and I need to be kind of like Jerry Maguire. You complete me, mm-hmm. right? And so I, in, until I find that person, so... I, there's just this ache that is there and certainly there's an ache right where you're longing for your spouse but it can lead to lead to a false sense of once I find this person Mm -hmm. then I will be complete and that's not that's not what marriage is all about I'll tell you that
1: which is yeah and that could lead to idolatry and like I know that's broad strokes painting right but still it's if you think somebody else is going to complete you 100 percent you are dancing on the line of idolatry, right? Right.
0: The other thing I don't like about this is it removes the element of choice, right? Yes. Uh, it's and love always requires freedom, right? If we've got a soulmate that's out there, that means that like we don't have the option to like not choose them. Like that's it. That's all we get. And mm-hmm. so, um, and and also, I think. This The concept, the big problem with this concept of soulmate is that it's like when I find my soulmate, then everything is perfect, right? And so mm-hmm. as soon as the imperfection or the flaws show up in a relationship, which is really what marriage, the gift that marriage is, it mm-hmm. takes all of our, of our vices and it brings them to the surface so that they can be purified, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where... You know, I will make him a helpmate. Right? Mm-hmm. This is where the wife is—is is really the helpmate uh, in the relationship, and vice versa. The man is certainly the helpmate to his spouse in this in this capacity as well. Um, then, if if we don't understand it as such, then as soon as we start to see that there's some sort of imperfection, we just say, "Ah, well, this person is just not the one," and mm-hmm. we start searching again for somebody yeah. that makes us feel that you complete me, emotion. And yes, it's just
1: guess they just weren't my soulmate, right? That's what you hear. I agree with you. I think it's very, it can be very destructive because it's almost like a high risk game of chance. You know, it's like, what if you don't meet your soulmate? Like, are you just like destined to like a really miserable life where no, like you're going to be living a miserable life. If you have miserable thoughts, once again, going back to the model that if that's the result in your life, Look at your thoughts and I guarantee you, you do not have very good positive thoughts if you're living a miserable life.
0: Yeah. And certainly right? if you have, if you're not feeling good about your relationship,
1: mm-hmm. look at
0: the thoughts that you're having about your relationship. Look at the thoughts you're having about the other person, right? Yeah. A good way of understanding a relationship that you've shared before is like two people having thoughts about one another. It's more than that, folks. There's like, it's not just that, but that's a big part of it.
1: But it's also, yeah. And that part is overlooked a lot. Um, I also think there's a little bit of a layer here, too, because if you think you had a soulmate, then you're also assuming that God created your soulmate for you. And then what if you don't find that soulmate? And then, like, God is kind of your scapegoat and you, like, blame him. Mm -hmm. You're like, God, where is a soulmate of mine, right? And so there's stress, but also it really impairs your relationship with God and can lead to resentment. So. That's why it's, it's destructive and it's pagan, so don't do it. <laughs> okay, number two, I have to wait for love. I remember thinking this, and I remember the Lord blowing my mind. The first thing I had to do was realize exactly what love was. Now, I did not have the model back 10 years ago when I was going through this exchange with the lord
0: that was before she met me folks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i fixed everything because i'm her soulmate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) wrong but um so i i had this thought i have to wait for love like like love is just gonna happen upon me and it's gonna make my life so much better and like i have no choice in the matter right now and so this is also an abdication of like of my own responsibility once again Mm -hmm. so First, we have to ask ourselves, what is love? Matt, do you know what the definition of love is?
0: To will the good of the other, according to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Aha.
1: Uh-huh. So, if we were to put that in... For the
0: other's sake, folks. Yes. Like that caveat.
1: And for God's sake, too. mm mm-hmm. um, If we were to throw that in the model, where would that go? Because I think a lot of people think love is an emotion.
0: To will the good of the other, for the other's sake. Um, it's got to go on the thought line. Mm-hmm. Oh, good! I got it right, folks. She's really putting me on the spot. I feel like I'm being interviewed here today.
1: Yes, yes. You didn't know that, but that's what that is. Well, thanks for that was teeing, teeing up. That was a
0: softball pitch. I'll t- I'll take it.
1: I'll yeah. Take it. So we will the good a of slow pitch softball. Um. And so I think a lot of people think love is is an emotion, and it certainly does show up in that line mm-hmm. as well. But it's not only an emotion.
0: Yeah, love is supposed to show up in every line of the model. That's here, right. Folks. Like, it's we're an to be integrated in- model. We're supposed That's to be cool. intoxicated. Yeah, I love that. It, it is an integrated model.
1: Yes, with with a good thought that leads to willing the good of the other. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. there's a couple things that we need to know before we will something. First, our intellect needs to be informed. What is the good, Matt? Yeah. Right.
0: You got to be student of the good before you can love something and a student of the good for the particular object of love. Okay. So if I'm looking at loving my daughter rightly, it's not going to be, she's two years old. It's not going to be, you know, dropping her off at the mall and giving her a curfew. Right. (laughs) It's not capable of that. It's not for the object of my love. I'm not loving her in a way that really is in keeping with her greatest good at that moment. But, you know, maybe later on, Mm she would be like, dad, get away from me. Drop me off. I don't know if we'll even have malls at that point.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also the question or the thought, I have to wait for love. So how do we switch that around? Knowing what we know now? What is like love isn't solely an emotion. It's not even something that necessarily happens to us. It's a choice Mm -hmm. of the will.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's also our responsibility. And like, we get to generate it. We get to ask God who is love love who is the source of love to say, Lord, fill me up. I am willing to give this out to anyone Mm -hmm. considering my state in life. Right. (laughs) Yes. So I think when I realized this going through my man diet many years ago, this was super liberating for me to realize like I, you mean I can like actually ask the Lord who is the source of love The very thing that I am waiting for that I want so bad, I can receive it right now and actually generate more of it and give it to others. Yeah. It was really awesome.
0: Yeah. It's liberating. So it's not something that happens to us folks. It's something that we can actually choose at any state in, in our life. Yes.
1: Exactly. Number three, I have no control over what or whom I'm attracted to. Ah, so, if we were to look at
0: at the source of our gender confusion.
1: That's mm, the thought. That's good too. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. But I also think of like what I was going through back when I was single and I was like really attracted to bad boys. <laughs> you know, I was like why was I so attracted to bad guys? I'm a
0: bad boy? Right. What are you talking about?
1: So, Matt, I'm where risque. where are attractions? Where would you put an attraction in the model? Or an inclination towards something.
0: Uh, Really, the emotional line. Yeah, yeah. So it's an an appetite. What Aquinas would call the appetites.
1: So, what comes before the appetite, or the emotion? A
0: thought. If we're looking at the model, the thought comes before the appetite. The all the time here, folks. Like in our triggered culture, we forget this. But the reality is, our emotions don't come out of nowhere.
1: And our They're thoughts, very
0: ordered where they come from.
1: And our thoughts are, are optional, once again. It's not going to say, like, I'm not saying, like, oh, you just stop thinking about that, whatever. But to be curious about your attractions. So to actually ask yourself, what exactly am I attracted to about this person? Like, it wasn't like I was attracted to bad boys in general. It was just, like, bad was, like, the attraction. It was, like... I was attracted to excitement. I was attracted to adventure. I was attracted to... um,
0: Something different.
1: Something different. Something Right. Like there was all of these little things that I was attracted to and I was like, I kind of saw them and I was like a little bit more compassionate with myself and being like, okay, yeah, I can get that, right? Like maybe my life is not as exciting as I want it to be, but now if I if I actually had a coach back then, right, a mindset coach, if I had the information that I have now, back then I would have said like, well, then I'll just make my life more exciting. Like not wait for somebody else to, f- to fill that gap in my life. Like mm-hmm. I have the choice to live a more exciting life here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And so really just to get and, and to know that our, our thoughts are choices and our thoughts are the things that lead to our attractions. Matt, do you have anything to say about that?
0: Yeah, I, it's, I, I think this can happen on the first date, right? The first date syndrome where you're looking for like this chemical kind of, oh, we just didn't have any chemistry mm-hmm. or there was no spark that was there. And I always invite people to be very curious with how they're showing up to the date. What are the thoughts that they already have of the, of the person? Are there certain, like, is, is there is there an image, an idol of the perfect person that you're holding this person up to? And so there you, like, you're just constantly focused on the person's imperfections or their lack of being, of, like, their lack of being held up to your image that you have in your mind of where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something to be very conscious of. But just because there's no chemistry mm-hmm. um, per se doesn't necessarily mean, like, I hear so many stories of people that were like, yeah, I wasn't really into that person. Like my parents, when they first met, my mom was just like, "Yeah, I don't think I'm going to see him again." I'm like
1: I thought that like, about you. No, just almost kidding. forty years later.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, they're more than forty. Well,
1: I, I also would just the coach in me would say, "Okay, well, why aren't you attracted to them? Not to judge them, not to to say like they have to change, mm-hmm. you know, what their inclination is or whatever, but just to know why."
0: Consciously, under, yeah, yeah.
1: to kind of be a little bit more deliberate about it. And that's why this thought, I have no control over what or whom I'm attracted to. Like, well, it's time to become more deliberate about why you're attracted to certain people and why not.
0: Yeah, because here's the thing, folks. The problem may not be with the other person. It may be with you. And guess who goes on the next date with you? You. And so you if you end up showing up at that next date with that same kind of like... Way of thinking, mm-hmm. right? It's and you're thinking you're going to get new results, but the reality is, it's not the problem in the circumstance of who you're actually on the date with. It might be you. Mm-hmm. It might be your way, like that you're showing up. It might be the thoughts that you're just habitually having each time you go out on a date. That is really the source of your problem and your relationship not getting past the first date.
1: Well, it's the lens in which you're looking at the other yeah. person.
0: So we want you to be conscious of that lens, mm-hmm. right? And then you know, maybe you're going to be conscious of it and be like, yeah, I'm going to stick with this lens because I think it's helpful. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. Great.
0: Like we'll see what the fruits are of that. And then like, maybe, maybe you're happy with it. Right.
1: But know why.
0: Know why. Yes.
1: So just to kind of conclude this whole thing and to give you guys some tips to walk away with quick. Don't think there's such a thing as a soulmate, please. Know that our Lord is abundant and there's an abundance of people that he has that he will he will help you love beautifully yes in your life right you could end up with an abundance of people not polygamy not in that way <laughs> but it could be anyone right and so just as long as you show up completely as you and willing to love that person and will their good
0: that's a great place to start
1: that's a great place to start yeah okay no such thing as a soulmate. You're a pagan if you believe that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Number two. Um, the I have to wait for love. Know that you have the ability to pray for love right now, to pray for the Lord to increase the virtue of charity in you, to infuse you with that. It can increase and you can choose to love somebody right now.
0: And it may not necessarily be romantic love here, folks. Yes. Like don't like reduce love to just like mirror eros, or just the romantic love like there's so much more there's so many more depths of love that our english language doesn't really capture with this one word love right so be a student of the different types of love and show up in those different types of love
1: one of my favorite types of love is filial love i think it's really really um tremendous and like that's something that you should never stop growing in when you meet whoever your spouse is right I see people do this all the time. My
0: sister, my bride. Song of songs. Yeah, but yeah. I
1: also see people stop like hanging out with their friends when they meet their spouse oh. or start dating someone. And so to have that balance, A, to be friends with the person that you're dating, to have that friendship there, but B, to not throw all of your friends away because there is a need for that love as well. Mm-hmm. And the third tip we're going to leave with you, As a summary of this whole podcast, sorry it's a quick one, I have a call, but is you have control over what and who you are attracted to, get curious about your attractions. Mm -hmm. There are thoughts behind them. Mm -hmm. And get curious of what those thoughts are. And the very things, the aspects that you're attracted to.
0: Yeah. And these things can be very sticky, folks. So... Mm -hmm. When you dive into that, it's it's helpful to have somebody that can coach you through that. Mm-hmm. Like our interior life, sometimes it can be a bad neighborhood. You don't want to go walking around by yourself. So um, so just know that. And when you go through with somebody, a companion that's going through your interior life with you, you want to make sure it's somebody that also like has the capacity to kind of help you a little bit. Not somebody that's like not as far along the journey with you or even just like in that same place. But somebody that can actually be your, your guide, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Along there. So
1: equally yoked.
0: Equally yoked. Yes. But here we're really looking if you're if you're looking like we're looking for guides here, folks. Somebody that's further along the path.
1: Oh, sorry, than I you thought are. you were talking about someone to date. No,
0: no, I'm I'm <laughs> talking about like really diving into like really understanding what our attractions in that. Like mm. that's like that's getting some deep yes. stuff. You know, that might be somebody where you're actually getting a coach, you're getting a spiritual director, you're getting a therapist that's involved with that. You're, you have somebody that's a mentor for you um, that can really help you.
1: Yeah, you need an objective set of eyes on your mind. Mm-hmm. And that is what I do as yep. a mindset coach. So give me a call.
0: Cool. There it is, folks.
1: All right, friends. Talk to you soon. Hope Don't this be helps. pagans. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, folks, thanks so much for being with us. If you want to learn more about Metanoia Catholic and how to get coaching with us, go to metanoiacatholic.com. That's M E T A N O I A -A 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 Catholic.com. Thanks so much for listening.